you have to control the perceptions of the population if you're going to control their behavior. Who are the puppet masters? Censorship is not done by secure people. People would never hire Joe Biden to run their small business. Moving towards the no gender human. First of all, they targeted the men. And they're coming for the women next. 100 different genders. If ever I've heard a definition of mental illness, it's that. When you have a global imposition and all the supposedly independent countries all do the same thing, then there's obviously a global coordinating force at work. COVID-19 originated in animals sold in a so-called wet market in China. All steps for man, Oh man, this is an honor. When you talk about conspiracy conversations, this is the conversation I would have ever dreamed of having. One of the biggest honors, truly, of be able to be a, have a podcast and talk with deep thinkers that 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 uh, use this muscle on on a regular basis. The purpose of this goal, for those of you that are new to this idea, with us here at Flavor Conservatives, we spent uh, you know a couple of thousand episodes examining uh, current events and culture through the lens, self admittedly, of of conservative Christian values. That's the place where where we began and it began d- digging into military and medical and and these things on a on a daily basis which kind of kind of puts you in this position of sitting on the hood of a car looking 5 feet in front of yourself every day what's going on but we all know there's a lot more than the current you know bouncing and ricocheting and adjusting off of the 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 current drama of the day and what's being thrown at us and how we adapt because ultimately we just want to be able to uh you know, raise our children and 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 go about life and and make sense of the craziness that clearly is is coming at us. But there's a there's a higher level of well, who what's the thing behind the thing? You know, when you look at a company like McDonald's, they look like well, they sell cheeseburgers. Well, the thing behind the thing is actually they're a real estate company. They make more from the real estate the buildings are put on than they do from the cheeseburgers. That's the thing behind the thing. And so there's always a thing behind the thing. And then there's, there's probably a thing behind that. And you start developing these organizational charts of kind of who's pulling this person's strings. And, and you get to this place of like, well, you're not allowed to talk about, talk about that thing. And that really drew me in. I said, oh, okay, let's dedicate a show every Saturday morning and let's talk about the things we're not allowed to talk about. And even more importantly, why are we not allowed to to talk about that. So conspiracy conversations, that is what this show is about. And the goal and the purpose is the fact that most of us spend most of our life walking around thinking Rubik's cubes are red. And it's not that that's wrong and they are red, but every once in a while, somebody will come along and, and, and they've just, they've just, they've, they've, they've seen something you've not, they've read a book you've not, they, they, they went through something you've never gone through and they just rotate this a little bit. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I can never unsee that. Rubik's cubes are red and white. And, you know, you run off and tell all your friends, hey, I, Rubik's cubes are red and white. They're two colored. I had no idea. And 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 that is very important. But it's also not the end of the end of the road because we probably have no idea how many sides there are. But it's a great exercise as long as we're living, as long as we're breathing, to use this, keep an open mind, and, and act like intelligent adults that go to the grocery store and don't feel compelled. I have to put every single thing in my cart. 
but at least have the maturity to walk down every aisle and make those decisions for yourself and try to separate the decisions that, that you're being forced to make from the ones that you're willingly making and and, and what's going on in between. Uh, today's guest is, is the best of the best. He's had uh, blessed the most number of people on this planet with these kind of discussions, traveled over 60 countries, speaking to arenas full of people, sometimes five, six, seven hours, you know, a lot of meetings you're at, people are looking at their watch 15 minutes in and hey, when do I, you know, when, when can we go have lunch? This guy fills arenas and people don't even hardly take a breath for six hours at a time as he breaks down information and he's done it for decades. Um, it's an incredible honor for me to have on the show, Conspiracy Conversations Today, author David Icke. David, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you. Actually, it was 10 hours. I, I, look, I look at it now and I think, you know, how did you do that? 10 hours. But it, um, Unbelievable. There is, there is so much information and it all fits together. And what tends to happen, we were just chatting before we began, um, is that people tend to develop a belief system which they then think they have to defend from all borders. This is my belief system, and 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 that's that's the end of it. I've got it. When actually, um, my philosophy has always been, uh, as the ancient Greek philosopher said, uh, Socrates, wisdom is knowing how little we know. Yeah. In other words, the the one thing you know, the one thing that cannot be challenged, that cannot be denied is that whatever we know or think we know, there's always more to know. And so mm. I just keep uh, going down that road. And what can happen, of course, is you uh, go into areas that the vast majority of the population, even great swathes of the alternative media, um, find strange and far out. But if we're going to get to the core of where the, emerging dystopia is really coming from then you know if you are sitting in the prison cell called fear of what other people think yeah then you're not going to go there you're not going to explore and communicate areas that you think are going to get you laughed at dismissed or or called uh, names of various kinds. And so what you're doing is you're embarking, ironically, in the alternative media's um, example, you're embarking on the worst kind of censorship, which is self-censorship. Yes. Because with self-censorship, there is no debate because no one's saying anything. And right. so I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking more and more knowledge all the time. Every time I get up in the morning, I want more knowledge. I want to know more and more about uh, what's going on and why, and 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 putting it out there, and it starts debate. And you know, over thirty-four years I've been doing it now. You expect? I mean, I remember someone saying to me uh, once, when you came out with this stuff, didn't you think people would laugh at you? I thought, of course, I knew they'd laugh at me. That's the whole you know, the whole point. You, but you do it anyway because um, I'm not looking for a statue, and I'm not looking for a round of applause. I'm looking for what the hell is going on, whatever that is. Right. And uh, so um, I, I, uh, I love it. Deeper and deeper and deeper um, all the time. 
I want to, I want to show a, a picture here because I kind of think of this conversation. Um, it, for me, the sad part is a lot of people, they're, they're trying to make it to where I, I can set this cup here and, 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 and we can have a group of us sit around and look at it. And I say it's full of water and someone else may say it's full of tequila and someone else may say it's full of gasoline, you know. It, it, we could be able to have a discussion about that and 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 then walk away from it, but it's but 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 because of media, because of a lot of reasons, people are not allowing themselves to do that. And there's certain things you set on the table that they want to take off, and, and sometimes it's fear they won't even hear someone. I want to share something, you know. With you, uh, there's this picture of an of, of an elephant. There's been used a lot of different ways where you know you may be at the front end and you're touching its trunk and I'm at the tail, but if we're both blindfolded, we're describing the same thing. But because our description might be different, you know, people say, I'm going to dismiss this guy because I don't know nothing about a trunk. And you kind of look at this and you got the guy on the side saying, well, it's a wall, it's a rope, it's, it's, a, it's a tree. And, and uh, I think if we're, if we're open-minded enough to be able to hear people out and then mature enough to say, you know what, I don't have to believe everything that someone says but I at least need to go through that exercise of, of hearing them out. And, and that's really what you've done. You've allowed things to come into the narrative that people are like, oh, well, maybe, you know? And, and I, think, I, I think that that's sort of what makes us uniquely human. My dog doesn't have the ability to do this, you know, of, 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 con, of consider his place in the world and so forth. But but if, if you know, I just want listeners. If you're if you're coming into this, and there's something is said today that offends you, and you think, well, that's not how they think in my denomination of Christianity, or that's not how they think in my area of this, or I, like like, I think we need to get to a place where we need to take personal ownership of the thoughts that we have, and just allow ourselves to have those conversations. And and that's really what you've you've brought to the world the last 34 years, coming from being a professional athlete, you know. Uh, with a lot to risk and then, you know, uh, putting it on the table and uh, saying, you know, let the chips fall where they may, but we're going to have these conversations. I'm going to look under every rock. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much that comes from what you just said. Um, and w one of the things, if people read my books or see me talk, one of the things I note every single time without fail, because it's absolutely crucial to breaking the stranglehold of um, myopic perception and dogmatic belief. And it's this, according to mainstream science, the electromagnetic spectrum is 0.005% of what exists in the universe in terms of energy in all its forms. Uh, some estimate as high as 0.5%, but either way, it's bloody tiny. And then you take that and you say, oh, the electromagnetic spectrum, which is basically our reality, our experienced reality. Um, and then you think, well, visible light, which is the only band of frequency that we can see, everything we have ever seen in terms of the world, is within that tiny band of frequency. And visible light is a fraction, a smear of the 0.005%. So once uh, that should be um, taught in the schools from the earliest age. Let's get down to basics. We can see only a fraction of what there is to see in the space that 
we are perceiving. Mm. Um, because creation, whatever you want to call it, is broken up into wavelengths, frequencies. And if this uh, human body, what I call a biological computer, been calling that since the 1990s, um, can um, uh, only decode a fraction of the infinite field of consciousness, awareness, reality, whatever you want to call it, then um, you are immediately in a situation where Socrates' words just resonate everywhere. Wisdom is knowing how little we know. So then you start to look at um, religion and science and academia and media, and you think that basically their perception of reality is being uh, massively colored uh, by what they perceive within the smear of 0.005%. So what what we need to start with, I think, if we're going to take our perceptions back, is a bit of humility. Mm. No one knows it all. There's too much to know. All we can do is go on with an open mind, not a naive mind that says, I'm going to believe anything I'm told. No, but an open mind that you absolutely uh, put it very well there, um, gives a voice to other opinions. This is why the free flow of information is so important. So I'll know things that you won't know. You'll know things that I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Ethel down the street will know things that uh, we don't know. And what what you do is you have the free flow of information and debate, and suddenly you set free all these different views, opinions, and perceptions, um, which people can hear and be affected by or hear and dismiss, whatever. At least they're there. So if we, if we look at the foundation of human control, it comes down to something very simple, control of perception. Mm. Because from perception comes behavior. We behave as we do because we perceive as we do. People that perceive that the authorities were telling them the truth about COVID acted in a certain way. Correct. People who didn't believe it perceived differently, acted in a totally different way. Right. And so then comes the question, okay, behavior comes from perception. Where does perception come from? It comes from information received. And now we can see what the uh, real reason is for the um, hysteria of censorship that's going on now, getting more and more extreme every day. You have to control the perceptions of the population if you're going to control their behavior. And when you you look at the 8 billion people that's said to be in the world now, (laughs) the number of people in full knowledge who are manipulating and directing their lives is a tiny fraction, a tiny fraction of the 8 billion. So the 8 billion... They cannot be controlled physically because there's too many of them. 
They want to do that, as we'll get into, I'm sure, by connecting artificial intelligence to the human brain, and then they've got uh, yeah. external control uh, that way. But up to this point, they, there's not the numbers to physically impose upon 8 billion people. You can do it in a certain area. You can't do it to 8 billion people. So what do you have to do? You have to control their perceptions so they do what you want to do without any need for, um, for physical imposition, except in uh, certain, uh, certain areas. And the, the thing about perception is, I, I say anyway, we live in an infinite, um, an infinite stream of consciousness, uh, which some people call God, other people call different names, but it's infinite stream of consciousness. I call it the... Uh, the all that is, has been, and ever can be, which is another way of saying all possibility. It's all possibility waiting to manifest. And so um, you uh, have um, infinite possibilities for different perceptions and different ways of looking at things. You know, you, you show the picture there of the elephant. It's a wonderful example because depending on what part of the elephant you're looking at, mm -hmm perception of it is very very different only when you see the whole elephant do you see what it really is and therefore if you can keep people perceiving only the parts of the picture and not connecting the dots into this tapestry of connections then you'll completely uh, confuse them but like i say um, having different perceptions is not only uh, not a bad thing, it's great. Uh, you know, no one knows it all. This is the problem. Um, and that's when and we can talk about the, the woke mentality in this yeah. regard very accurately. It's when someone has a perception and then says, and everyone else must have my perception. Correct. That's when tyranny uh envelops a society and we're seeing that now we're seeing it with the censorship of uh, silicon valley corporations and the media and what have you whereby if you have a perception that's different from the norm and you express it you can lose your job you get demonized and all, all the, the stuff that we see and it's um a tyranny i call it psychological fascism it's a tyranny uh, of um, in, of uh, perceptual imposition, and that's why uh, anyone that can see that must not uh, bow to that pressure. If if people say to me, "You can't say this," I'm going to shout it bloody right. louder because um, you know it's not just that. Uh, uh, appropriately given that picture, it's not just that the the tail is wagging the dog in our society. Mm -hmm. The tail's wagging the freaking elephant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? good. The great majority don't want what's happening, but they're getting it anyway <clears throat> for two reasons. And it's again, perceptual. One, you've got the group that just believes what they're told without question because authority said it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the second group that says, um, I don't agree with what I'm being told. I really don't want to do what I'm being told to do, but what are the consequences for me of not doing it? Right. And those, those two groups 
of uh, got us into the situation we're in. Couldn't couldn't have done without it. And it's the other group, uh, which is represented by shows like this, where people can see it and won't cooperate with it and won't be silenced, won't have their opinion silenced. Call me what you like. Abuse me as much as you like. I'm still saying it. And uh, what's the, what's great, you will have found this, is that particularly in the in the kind of COVID, post-COVID era, though it's not post-COVID era because they're, they're going to come short for stage two, but in sta- the stage one of the COVID era, um, so many people started to wake up to a, to a few basic things, like the world's not like they thought it was, and the the, the those in power are not the ones they thought. Right. Because when you have a global imposition like COVID and all the supposedly independent countries all do the same thing with very, very few exceptions, then there's obviously a global coordinating force at work. And that's the one I've been exposing for 34 years. So there's an interesting thing about about humans. And it's let's just generalize and say there's there's a, a third over here that and these numbers are probably crazy, but say there's like 30% or so that mask mandates are coming back and they're like, I just want to do what I'm told. That's fine. You know, uh, and there's this maybe other 30%, maybe it's more or less, I don't know, that are like, you know, question and think for themselves, do stuff like that. Maybe, I don't know. But the, the, what what gets us in trouble is this 30% in the middle who, um, I don't really think this is real that I have to wear a mask while I'm walking to a table and then I sit down and can take it off. And they don't, they don't well, believe it because you could have told them, okay, you got to touch your nose when you're walking in the restaurant. And then when you sit down, you can take your finger off your nose, you know, like, but they're just going to go along with it. And that's an interesting thing about humans. You've seen, I've seen these studies where there's, they had a thing recently. It's like a TV show where they had everybody, they're all actors on an elevator and they're all facing backwards with their back to the door. And, and another girl gets on and she goes to face normal, but everybody's on. And then the elevator stops and like two people get off and two more get on and they face backwards. And by the third stop, the, the one girl that's, she's the only one that's not an actor. By the third stop, she turns around and just goes with everybody else. And, it, you know, there's a lot of those studies you've seen where people like in a waiting room, every time the bell rings, they all the people stand up and sit down. And, and then they then they interject one person to it and they think it's weird. But within a short period of time, they just, the herd mentality, they just kind of comply. It's not that they believe, but they just kind of do what others are doing. And I think that that small number of people that are controlling things, that have their hand on the steering wheel, where there's 50 people on the bus. Yeah, there's a picture of it. There's there's 50 people on the bus. There's one driver. You know, the ratio is is really in our favor but they really play on that idea that the majority are probably not going to question it. And we kind of are inclined maybe through, you know, tribal, you know, things in the past and what, you know, we wanted a, an alpha leader and you just kind of, you know, maybe we're wired that way. I don't know. Maybe it, it, it happened, but we, we kind of are, we tend to comply in a way that doesn't serve us. And they use that to their advantage. Yeah. The, the, I mean, there are, um, there are ideas. Some people have the idea that these um, manipulators uh, are super intelligent. They're not. They're not. They're morons. <laughs> actually. Um, because you don't want to control people on the scale that they do for the reasons they do if you are actually intelligent. 
Right. What they do have, what they are, is uh, at the inner core, particularly, they're masters of understanding human psychology and how to manipulate it. Uh, and, you know, in, in the my new book, The Dream, I go in deeply into what is the mind. And I suggest it's not what we think it is. Um, and it's not the same as consciousness either. Um, and the thing that's missing um, in these two groups that we're talking about, the unquestioningly obedient and the, oh, I don't want to do it, but what are the consequences for me? It's, it's about self-respect. Both of those uh, mentalities are handing their self-respect away. Their self-respect is given by uh, the unquestioning because they don't question. Uh, they're like naive little children looking up at mum and dad, yeah, uh, believing they're the fountain of knowledge. And then you have the self-respect, real self-respect, deletion of people that um, can, can, don't want to do it, but do it because they fear not doing it. And uh, the third group, which has ended every tyranny in history, because the only group that can, um, has that self-respect that it is un budgeable, uh, immovable, that says, do what you like, but I'm not uh, being acquiescent to my own enslavement and my kids' enslavement, my family's enslavement. I'm right. not doing it. And what I would say to particularly the second group, which has the potential of moving uh, out of that zone of fear, is that what's planned to come is infinitely more extreme than anything that you could experience by ceasing to acquiesce today. What's coming is a point, uh, if we allow it, and, and not in the too distant future either, where you won't even have control of your own mind. The, the point, see, up to this point, they are having to manipulate information and sensor information to form mass perception. But when they are talking now uh, openly, because they've gone from hiding it to sales pitching it, of connecting the human brain to artificial intelligence, and these jabs are all part of that, um, then your perceptions, your thoughts, your emotional responses will come direct. You won't have to be manipulated to, right. to have perceptions that are desired. You will just um, have them. Uh, uh, people like Ray Kurzweil, um, this uh, Google executive and, quote, futurist, has been saying for years and talking about the, the key year of 2030, which is a big goal year for these people, um, that um, – the human brain will be connected to AI, and once that process is uh, is achieved, AI. This is these are his words. AI will do more and more of human thinking until human thinking, as we know it, is, is uh, negligible. That's where it's going. So we're now at a fork in the road where we still have access to uh, to to conscious, um, rational um, ability to. Um, process information, or at least a lot of people still do. Um, but they, they're moving towards the point where that won't happen anymore. 
Um, and uh, I go in in the the dream. I go really deep in the rabbit hole into why AI is so important and why it's so fundamental to everything that that's happening. We have a clip from uh, for, you know that breaks down that that book just a little bit, and I want to do kind of a deep dive in that. But I also I really want people to to buy it and go go into that on their own and and have these discussions, you know, uh, you know that are that are so so important um, as we go through that. You're in order for them to control, for sure, they have to silence voices like yours. Um, one reason why we had to go in alternative spaces, we upload to 60 platforms every single day and and we've lost six YouTube channels. They, they don't, if I, if I made a video saying I can dunk a basketball better than LeBron James, they're not going to censor that. They only, no. they, they, they don't, they don't fact check lies. Uh, you know, they, they only fact check truth. You, there's something about British people. I don't know, I hate to stereotype as a whole, but I, in my experience, we've had a few interviews and got to know uh, Katie Hopkins a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She's banned from an entire continent of Australia. You've, you, you have the same uh, uh, award. You guys go big. You know, I know people that are kicked out of a bar. I know people maybe can't go to their in-laws Thanksgiving anymore after a divorce or something. But, but Brits, man, when you guys get banned, it gets big. You've been banned from continents. I think there's maybe a dozen countries you stood up with with the the in the Netherlands, you know, and you let yeah, your voice wow. be heard. But they don't want that. They gotta silence the people yeah. that are speaking up. I was ba- I was banned from uh, Australia in 2019. That's a whole uh, continent. At four hours notice, <laughs> um, I'm currently banned from 26 European countries. Wow! In a an absolutely bizarre um, sequence whereby um, I was asked to speak at a peace rally in Amsterdam for 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, And I agreed. And I was going to go through the Channel Tunnel and to Amsterdam and speak and then come home. But all hell broke loose in the Netherlands. Um, I was completely demonized by um, the the government, the government of, uh, of Rutte, who's an absolute clone of the uh, World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Um, I was demonized uh, by the, uh, the, the, the Dutch media, who never at any point in that uh, sequence uh, asked me for my view and opinion and response. And what happened then is the Dutch government decided that it was going to ban me from the Netherlands. And in Europe, they have something called the Schengen system, the Schengen border system. And that's founded on if you're banned from one, you're banned from all of them. So um, (laughs) as a result of agreeing to speak at a peace rally in Amsterdam, I'm banned from 26 European countries. That gives you massive credibility, though. Say again? That just gives you massive credibility because they 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 don't want to silence crazy people. They don't want to yeah. silence people saying lies. Yeah, well, I, I t- I'll tell you, this. that's an interesting point. You know, uh, there's there are people in what's called the alternative media um, who uh, go a little bit. I mean, they weren't around um, not that long ago, and suddenly they, they're, 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 they're the conspiracy buddy gurus. Uh, but um, they go not very far, right? They, uh, and and therefore they're not banned from anywhere. They appear, some of them, on uh, mainstream uh, 
shows in America, mainstream shows in Britain. They have uh, big followings uh, on uh, the internet. They're not banned from anything. Um, and yet someone like me who is apparently crazy because of how far I go in the, in the rabbit hole, well beyond what people perceive as the, the norm they've become used to, um, and I'm the one that gets banned from all these things. And, uh, you know, some of the more apparently, not really, but apparently far out things that I've said over the years, they're now being quoted in Dutch government documents as a reason why I shouldn't be allowed into the country. Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm, if what I'm saying is so ridiculous, what you're frightened of, and that's the <clears throat> thing, that's the thing, and this is an important point. Censorship is not done by secure people. Secure Correct. people don't want to censor anybody. That, what, that more, more than that, they, they want the free flow of information because they're confident that what they're saying will stand up to scrutiny and will stand up to debate. Right. Uh, 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 so they don't want to censor anybody in, in any way. Sense, you know, if people talk about freedom of speech. If anyone hasn't got the freedom to speak what they, what they think, their opinion well there is no freedom of speech only uh the freedom to speak what is allowed right uh, and and so uh, we shouldn't um fall for the idea that all this censorship is an expression of this what i call this global cult it's um it's power it's not it's an expression of its weakness the reason it's uh kind of oppressing people like me and people like you and why have you and trying to silence us is because it knows that its narrative is so nonsensical so um impossible to defend against free flow uh, uh information and opinion that the only way that its narrative can survive whether it's human cause climate change covid um the transgender agenda and all that the only way it can survive is through um, silencing uh, that information, which would right. dismantle its, um, its nonsense. That's that's why it's doing it. It's a defensive mechanism, sure. not an offensive mechanism. It's a defensive mechanism, and uh, so uh, we have enormous power. Uh, those that are, are researching this um, on an evidential basis. Um, enormous power because uh, this cult is terrified of us. It's terrified of us because it knows that it's house of cards. That's all it is will come down once the free flow of information is uh, available. They, they can't have too many people point out the emperor has on no clothes and you just happen to be the best at doing it. If, if, if we all stood around this and I said, this is a pizza, well, we pr pr pretty quickly decipher it. That's not a pizza. It's a toy. You know, I mean, you, you'd be able to do that. But when you silence the ability to object, you can say, you know, you can change your gender. You can do all these things, you know, or whatever the, the thing is for the moment, you know, and then you, you just silence any other opposition that looks like it was a fair conversation. Everybody walks away. Yes, that's that's a pizza. And nobody will. It's like, well, yeah, if it wasn't I mean, if it wasn't a pizza, then people there would be people saying otherwise. But so when there's got, censorship, you've got with the first group the unquestioning people they are told that two and two equals five to quote orwell mm -hmm. and they go yes sir two and two equals five sir thank you sir the second group says 
it equals four. But what are the consequences for me of not agreeing it equals five? So what right. I'll do quiet life is I'll just agree that it equals five. Um, and what happens then? I've watched this process, this perceptual process. Um, it's almost a need for self-respect, funnily enough, whereby people that start agreeing that two and two equals five um, while knowing it doesn't, eventually their need for self-respect uh, means that they start to believe that two and two equals five. So mm. they're, they're, they're not really any more knowingly uh, uh, ditching their self-respect and saying, I'm going to do this because uh, I'm frightened of not doing it. They start to believe it they, because wow. it's, their, it's their way of dealing with the fact that they're living a bloody lie. The way out of that, um, in so many cases, I've seen it, is to start suddenly believing in the lie. Uh, mm. and, and then if you come along, this third group that sees it and won't cooperate with it and starts exposing it. These first two groups get very, very angry, especially, funnily enough, the second one, because you're prodding them to um, to get their self-respect back. Right. It does equal five, mate. It equals four, doesn't it? And they don't like that. So it's like, shut up, change the subject, don't want to talk about it. And in the end, you know, the stadium in which all of this is played out, the entire conspiracy, is human perception. Uh, it's human psychology yeah. that's played out. That, that's how the cult controls, and it's how the population in vast numbers complies. And when that dynamic ends, down will come the cards, and it will be over. Mm. I think uh, we're in a better position to resist this time around because of you know, uh, like we post on Rumble and BitChute in different places. Like, I don't know those really existed or the people knew what those were, you know, three, four years ago. So there's there's a lot of ways for truth to get out and, and, and do that poking and prodding. But we need that daily exercise. One thing I want people to do is, is you know, we're going to get to, to uh, the new book in a moment. But on a daily basis or weekly, they need this exercise of hearing from someone that – that, that processes the daily. A lot of times, all your information, you're flying at 50,000 feet. But on a daily, there's a news cycle and things that happen. I'm going to play a quick clip. You do a, you do a segment on, on Rumble and, and you post other places, but um, called like exposing the clowns. It's like a 10 or 15 minute thing that I think it's good, like a good daily exercise. You know, professional athletes do drills on a daily basis, you know, uh, for people to hear because you, you get so used to hearing your coworkers at the water cooler just kind of nod and, and, and go along. You do a daily, I don't know how often you do it when, you, when it's available. Um, you're on tour right now, but uh, I'm going to give an example. It, it's not because I want to do a deep dive on this specific topic. But you will, you will rate like four or five news articles and then come up with like the number one clown, you know, of the day on this particular day. And I just doing this one because most recent uh, it was, a, it was a, a NASA scientist. And there's there's a compelling element to this because this this video was like a Q&A answer to young children. When you talk about yeah. perceptions, it's critical they get it. To, there's no drag queen story hour at the retirement homes. They do drag queen story hour with the children. They want to affect them as early as possible. That's an important part. But I want to play yeah. this clip. Maybe you want to set it up. But there's a NASA scientist talking about the Black Plague coming because of permafrost. They they got to get massive fear 
into young children, and then they buy into whatever they say next about global warming. There's a formula to how this unfolds that you break down so beautifully, but I'd like to play the clip of that scientist because I I want people to go to your channel. I want them to hear your voice on an ongoing basis of how you break down this craziness because one thing I can guarantee, there will be more craziness coming and your voice will be infinitely more important than it's been in the past. Lots of it. Yeah, I do it on uh, uh, our channel, um, Iconic, which is a fantastic channel started by my son, just the whole spectrum of information, not just conspiracy. Um, And, yeah, I I do this Doc Connector show every week where I look at the the news stories of the week and then put them into the context of what they're really really about, not what we're told. It's light and it's fun. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, you, and you've got to have a laugh as well. You've absolutely yeah. got to have. A laugh. Uh, but so I, I, I do did this um, this item on, uh, like you say, this lady, and you know, I don't do you, if you've noticed this, but um, more and more around the world, whether they're politicians or people in uh, various positions of authority, um, they're becoming more and more moronic <laughs> now. There's a reason. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason because uh, take the politicians; um, they want you to completely lose um, confidence in politicians. The more moronic they are, the better from that point of view, because the idea is that in the end they won't be any elections; they'll just right. be uh, technocrats and bureaucrats and scientists and medical people running the whole shebang as a global tyranny. So they they get the politicians to become the vehicles to impose the tyranny by legislation, etc. but they want rid of the politicians. So the more moronic they are, the better. And I don't know if you noticed during the COVID era, the number of really moronic world leaders, some people, and, and this is another thing, you know, we talk about perception and the manipulation of perception. That's why Biden's in the White House. He's in the White House, not despite the fact that he's senile, but because of it. Yeah, I agree. Because it, it, what they're saying is two things. One, look, we can put anyone in power. You've got no power. We've got it all. Look who we put in the White House. And, and the other um, uh, side of it is to get people to have their spirit broken Mm. and their uh, respect for country broken by the nonsensical, hideous way that it's run and the hideous people that run it. Uh, It's all perception. The whole thing's perception. You can break it all down uh, to that. So this NASA lady um, was uh, warning uh, kids of the coming uh, Black Plague uh, because of permafrost and... uh, Let's say that uh, if there was a contest for Brain of America or Brain of Britain, <laughs> she probably wouldn't be yep. uh, able to qualify. That's of a consistent pattern is when you see people in charge where these, you know, most people would never hire Joe Biden to run their small business. They, no. Whatever job, whatever it is you do for a living, he couldn't do it. He couldn't run a tanning salon. He couldn't have a landscaping company. There's there, there's nobody watching this right now that literally thinks they could go away for a year and Joe Biden could do their job and come back and it would be fine, period. There'd be nothing left. <laughs> no. What, 
whatever it is you do for a living, and that's what you see common. The higher up you go, the less like nobody would nobody would hire Klaus Schwab to come and run their business. You look at him, it's like you wouldn't want him at your Thanksgiving table, you know, or you know these things. So let's play this clip. Though I want to get your your you know your, your again. It's not about this point. It's the way that you process and you're awake enough to say this is what they're trying to tell us, and it's specifically. This is going towards young kids. So let's play this uh, scientist. So question one comes from Jesse. Hey, Jesse, what aspect of climate change are you studying? So I study a ton of things about climate change. Now I'm looking at the Arctic. Think about like the North Pole. It's cold almost year round. Now it gets a little warmer in the summer. But I'm looking at how the soil that's supposed to be frozen, it's called permafrost, is thawing. And as this soil starts thawing, all sorts of creatures that we know of and some that we don't know about are waking up. Potentially there's microbes, some scary viruses too, things like anthrax that you may have heard about or the plague that you may have heard about. The Black Plague is literally what you studied in history class. When people were infected, they died, and then people in the old days buried them in permafrost because they thought, hey, this is never gonna thaw. Well, now it's thawing. The concern is that we might actually have the virus exposed to more people. It's really, really important to make sure that we know if any of these viruses can have an impact before they come down and potentially make people like us sick right back in just a second with David Icke. You know, I've watched the movie and I hope you have, you know, go back and visit it again, The Big Short. I don't know if you've seen it recently, but there were a few people really sounding the alarm of what now looks really obvious uh, with the housing crisis in 2008. It's it's a good one to revisit. I was, I was shocked at how many things in that film we're hearing now sounding the alarm with, with the, the inflation of a dollar, the overprinting of a dollar, but something that's not just happening in one country, it's happening in every country. How's that going to affect you? Well, the physical dollar is going away, whether it's CBDCs, the, the BRICS nations, the, 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 the world and the way money is exchanged and, and printed and the value of it, it's changing. And, and, and we'll look back and think, why didn't more people make moves to adjust accordingly. Well, one person who I know has been uh, sounding that alarm for a while and preparing, building life rafts on the Titanic, extra life rafts on the financial Titanic, is a guy that has not one, but he has two PhDs. And I've personally have known him for 25 years. His name is Dr. Kirk Elliott. And uh, he understands the central banks. He understands inflation, but he understands what the World Economic Forum and the globalists are trying to do to our dollar. One of the moves right now is to get money out of the banks, out of something fake that they can mess with and into physical gold and silver. And I'm not talking about shipwrecked coins and something that uh, has a, a fictitious value, but something that actually is tangible that can help you survive this time that we're in. You can always go to flyovergold.com, register for a consultation with Dr. Kirk Elliott at any time, or give him a phone call at 720-605-3900, and uh, you will be glad you did. I am super excited to jump back into this conversation with David Icke. So on your show, you break these things down. And the thing that jumps out at me is I don't know how with no electricity and, and, and machinery, they were, you know, taking their time with just picks and shovels to go bury people in permafrost in the, in the Arctic regions. But, but it made sense to her, but you break these things down. What, what all is she saying right there? And I want to make sure that then I'm going to jump into uh, the book and play the clip from that. Yeah. Um, see, the system employs people 
not from their level of intelligence, but from their ability to repeat what they've already been told. Right? The system is run by repeaters. So you look at the medical profession during COVID, um, there was one or two that spoke out, very few uh, compared to the numbers. And the rest of them just were from those two first groups. They did what they were told without question, or they questioned it to themselves, but did it anyway. And you get all these um, so-called scientists, they're not really, who um, are selling this uh, this absolute hoax of human-caused climate change, uh, whereby they're just repeating the official narrative. And it's real simple. You put out an official narrative. It could be for COVID. It could be for human-caused climate change. It could be for, for anything, like 9-11, for instance. Good example. And then the system repeat it. They don't question it. They repeat it, and then... Anyone that questions it gets silenced and um, and censored. So this is the, the the basic, simple, simple structure. You um, employ clones because they're clones who will repeat your official story, and then anyone else that doesn't, you make sure they get censored. And uh, I mean, th this lady uh, here. She is supposed to be a, a climate scientist. I mean, goodness help us um, if that's the level of intelligence that you're dealing with. But th I mean, this is you, you raise a very important point where there where you talk about children, which is what she was talking, mm -hmm. talking, talk, talking to. Um, the, the, the reason they want rid of older people, they want rid of older people. I mean, they're, they're really targeting them uh, clearly. Everywhere. Yeah is because, see, I was born in 1952. So um, I was brought up in the 1950s. I went to school in the 50s and the 1960s. And so I have a, a radar that has seen the world as it was before. The, it, I mean, it wasn't uh, unmanipulated then, but compared with now, it, it was a, a lot milder. So I saw a world that um, is not the one we have now. So I have a comparison. This is madness because <laughs> right. I've experienced before it was this mad. Now, what tends to happen is that when you're born into the world, you tend to take the world that you start to perceive as the norm. Right. So people like me born in the 50s, um, this is not normal. Right. What if you were born now or relatively recently? All this madness is to you. It's normality. And this is why it's so fantastic when you see young people who've been through this and still can, can see it. I mean, they're amazing people. Um, and so the targeting is on the young because they're going to be the adults when this is brought in full blown, all the different elements that I write about. And therefore, you are perceptually preparing them to unquestioningly accept as normal what to me are enormous extremes that are planned to come. So you um, have a agenda, uh, for instance, 
whereby, as um, Aldous Huxley talked about in Brave New World in mm-hmm. 1932, you uh, are moving from a procreating biological human, as we perceive it, to a non-procreating, much more synthetic human form, which is why synthetic biology is a, a, an immensely uh, f- fast-growing uh, element of, of science, or what's called science. And so this um, much more synthetic human is not planned to procreate. It's uh, planned to um, the species to be uh, procreated technologically, exactly as uh, uh, Huxley talked about. Now, the technologies that he talked about, and I explain in the books how, why he could know that, uh, because there are, there are two levels of knowledge in the world. There's the cult knowledge, and then there's the knowledge the population have, and they're vastly, vastly different. Um, and so things can be predicted in this, in this cult network uh, technologically that over here um, – people think are just fantastic and sci-fi and impossible. Look at the sci-fi films of uh, a few decades back and now look at the world. You know? Right. So um, you have this um, uh, technology for the technological procreation of the, the species, uh, like um, artificial wounds, etc. Correct. And they are only what you're seeing in the public arena. And as I've said all these years over and over, what you see technologically in the public arena is light years behind what's in the underground bases and the secret projects. And that's being played out into the public arena quicker and quicker and quicker. And if you notice, there's never a time when people are sitting around a table strumming their fingers, waiting for the next level of control technology to be invented. It just rolls out one right. after the other more and more extreme why because it's already waiting to be played out um and so you um have this um this agenda to create this non-procreating human so what don't you need anymore you don't need men and you don't need women right so first of all they targeted the men the toxic masculinity and subduing men and all that stuff and when that started i said they're coming for the women next and they're coming for the women next because those yes. two biological uh, expressions of, of human are not necessary in the brave new world. So now you are moving towards the no gender human. That's that's the goal uh, and a much more synthetic version. And so how do you uh, instigate the stepping stones, what I call the totalitarian tiptoe yeah. to that? Because if you brought it in overnight, people, the, the change would be so fantastic. You, what? You, you want what? So you do it gradually as fast as you can get away with it, but, but, but not uh, all in one go. So before you can um, have this, if you like, physical uh, expression of the uh, no gender, you, uh, the fusion of male-female, you need in the kids who will be the adults when they want to bring it in, you need the, the confusion of mm. gender. Right. So the BBC uh, in this country um, lists 100 different genders. 
if ever I've heard a definition of mental illness, it's that. Yeah. Um, and so they're targeting the kids. Now, if you want to confuse children on the grounds of gender, so um, all the tenants of previous gender perception just disappear and get lost in the mass and the maze, then what better than to have a bloke with a beard in a frock reading uh, stories yep. to young kids? You completely confuse their gender, uh, sense of gender. And that's why it's been going on all over the world. Someone, they all had the same idea together. I yep. mean, or, or, be- organically, all at the same time. Yeah. And that is why, uh, David, you um, have the transgender explosion. And I have this phrase, um, and it always works. If something comes out of nowhere and is suddenly everywhere, it's the agenda. So you had this transgender thing come out of nowhere, and suddenly it's everywhere. Um, and and the uh, terrible mutilation of kids and manipulation psychologically of kids and all this stuff that goes on is absolutely appalling. But the uh, and and you know there's this this great line. It's uh, I've seen it attributed to Voltaire, the French philosopher. It doesn't matter who said it. It's a great line. Um, you know who controls you by who you can't criticize. Exactly. Um, and so, you, if you look at the hierarchy of political correctness, uh, the transgender uh, expression is right up there now. You can't criticize that, otherwise you're this, that, and the other. If you don't use my my, my pronouns, uh, then right. yeah, which I've just made up yesterday, by the way, um, then um, then you're going to lose your job or or, or face um, criminal action. And what these transgender activists don't know is they're being played like a violin. Some of them will know because they'll be they'll be part of it, but most of them won't. Being played like a violin. The right. idea is not a transgender world. It's a no-gender world. They're just the stepping stones on the way to it uh, as the psychological preparation for it uh, unfolds before our eyes. And And one of the key reasons for not the only one, but a key reason for the far more synthetic human is because of the connection to artificial intelligence and the extraordinary level of radiation, technologically generated radiation that we've already been subjected to, but what is planned for us to be subjected to. So 5G is in now, then you've got 6G and 7G in the pipeline. And when I look back at, you know, when I was born in 1952, the amount of technologically generated radiation in the the atmosphere that we're interacting with was absolutely tiny uh, compared with what it is now. And there, there comes a point, it's affecting people more and more, you know, electrosensitivity and all that. But the idea is that this um, electromagnetic, uh, technologically generated field, the cloud as they call it, gets more and more intense and the body as it is now is is not going to be able to cope with it. So uh, the more synthetic mm. uh, uh, human, the non-procreating human, is where they're going. Because the, you know, it's, it's difficult for people, I understand, because they look at the world as it is. Um, but I look at the world as it is now and I see the phenomenal change that's taken place since I was a kid. Yeah. And the level of change that's um, planned to come, uh, 
everything you've ever imagined the world to be, everything you've imagined human society to be, everything you've imagined the human form to be is uh, planned to be completely, totally, utterly transformed into something else. And we're at this cusp now where we can stop it. But if we hang about much longer and AI starts to really run the show in a complete way, like increasingly, I've been saying since the 1990s, if you want to see the West tomorrow, look at China today. Never is it more true than now. Look at China today. It is run by AI. It's run by surveillance, run by AI. Yep. Controlled by uh, AI. And that's what the uh, the plan is for um, the world to be. And it's applauded by Trudeau. And, you know, you, you hear Klaus Schwab bragging. It's not only, you know, not only Prime Minister Trudeau, but his whole cabinet is all members of his team. Like they've infiltrated those not the world, just the people with the, having their hands on the lever. One thing I, you know, I've, uh, my youngest daughter is, is 27. I remember talking to them when they were, uh, you know, kids. I said, you know, if, if somebody tries to abduct you at the mall, even if they say they have a gun or, you know, hey, do what I say, get in this car, like make a scene there. Like whatever the person's going to try to do there, they're going to do far worse if they get you off somewhere else alone. Like it's exactly. it's better to be shot in the mall parking lot than to quietly acquiesce, get into the car, and go wherever that person wants you to go. I feel like as a as a society right now, we're in the mall parking lot. It's bad, yeah. and they're trying to take control, but we can still talk about it. You know, yeah. what whatever they will do next, if 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 we comply now, our grandchildren will be in a far different situation. Yeah, and also you 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 look uh, now. Um, like I say, there's some fantastic young people who've been through this enormous perceptual program for education and all these other things through the smartphones and stuff, and, and can still see it. Amazing, but there's a a, a very large number of uh, young uh, people who are. Um, who are mesmerized, who've bought the whole thing, whose, whose mind is no longer their own. It's, it's owned by the state. It's owned by um, the system. I mean, uh, you know, I've been talking to, uh, in the last few days, uh, a pilot who was um, uh, flying uh, on the day of 9-11, mm. 35 years of experience, I think he has, of, of flying all different types of planes. And he uh, realized basically almost from the start that it was impossible for the so-called hijackers to have flown those planes in the way they did impossible mm-hmm. and you then you know you look at the the, the buildings and engineers and uh, architects who say it's impossible that those buildings fell like that and yet um you know you have the families of people who can see it, who have the expertise to explain why it's not possible, but they still believe the official story Mm -hmm. and they either, uh, you know, part from or, or dismiss what the expert in the family is actually saying. We saw this with doctors. I know doctors in this country who, um, who, who were, um, uh, just ignored or, 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 or marginalized by their families when they challenged COVID and the COVID 
jab from a point of view of their own expertise. Their families had no expertise. But because the system was saying something different, they, um, they dismissed what the, the, the family member was saying, even though it was true. So, the, the, uh, you know, what I was saying earlier, that the stadium on which this is played out is perception. That's, that's what they must yeah. have. And, and, and this is the point. That's what they must have to control us. And that's what we have in our gift to control ourselves. You know, um, you, you control what you perceive. You control what you, how you see things. Um, and if you have the, the self-respect to do your own research and to realize that authority doesn't have our best interests at heart, that's why it's authority, then you can uh, withdraw from this perceptual control mm. that is the foundation of the whole thing. We can do that anytime we like. It's called awakening. People talk about awakening. Oh, I woke up. What does that mean? It means you've stopped believing the lies and you've started to look right. at the world anew. You've awoken from the lies, in effect. And uh, we all have the ability to do that, but it's having the will to do that. And it's having the courage to do that in the sense as that we talked about earlier. The greatest prison that people live in is the fear right. of what people think. Yeah. And, and, and if you fall for that prison, what you're saying is, I've conceded me. I'm not me anymore. I'm not someone who is taking information and processing it into my unique conclusion. I have gone. I am no more. What I've become is whatever other people say I should be. Yes. So you're not you anymore. You're them. That's, What's that, the point of that? We're that, all you. And expressing uniqueness is the worst nightmare of the tyrant. Because if you look at tyrannies, what do they all want to do? What does this tyranny want to do? What is it doing? Uniform, unifying everything in the sense of everything is in the same uniformity of thought, of perception, of how things are done. And uh, that's what this global uh, dystopia is supposed to be, a one perceptual AI-controlled uh, monoculture. And uh, the antidote to that is expressing uniqueness, which is the opposite of uniformity. David, with our time remaining, I want to jump into your new book. I don't know how you've written more books than most people have read. Uh, it's un unbelievable. Your work ethic, uh, I don't know how you get it all done. Um, a lot of, I want, to, I want to mention too, before we go, uh, a lot of the fruit I see in your life, you have, you have amazing kids that are right by your side in this process. You know, your son, Gareth, for sure. The guy looks like he could do push-ups until he gets bored. Um, you know, they're, they're just machines. And, uh, I think that says a lot about you that they've grown up at that dinner table hearing these conversations and you've trained them to think, uh, I just want to commend you on that because it's one thing to be a great man. It's another thing to raise them and uh, great job on that. I wanted to get that out while we were in, well, in the show. You know, first, first of all, uh, you know, you, you talk to Gareth and you say, uh, what are you doing? He said, oh, I've been out for a walk. And you go, um, yeah, um, how far? Yeah, well, 20 miles, 25 miles. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, and 
Jamie, my my other son, is fantastic because he started Iconic, which is an amazing uh, platform. And my daughter is uh, an up and atom um, awake uh, person as well, uh, here, Kerry. Uh, and uh, but the thing is that I never tried to persuade them to see the world like I did. I never, never did. Um, and I did it. Well, that's not your style. No, not my style at all. It's not my style in what I do. I'm not saying you must believe this. I'm saying here's another way of looking at the world. Make of it what you will. See what you think. Uh, but um, they came to their own conclusions uh, based on um, the, the world that they saw. And uh, yes, the information that they saw as a result of being around me. But um, they are the great thing about my kids is all three of them are completely different and unique uh individuals uh, and expressions of um, i think it says of, a lot a lot about you uh that that uh, your adult children pursue you in relationship i think that's a, a very commendable thing that says a lot about you that we don't see behind the scenes so i want to play a, a, a one minute clip and then we're going to just d- dive into your to your, your your new book and uh use the remaining time on that as long as we can keep you let's uh okay. let's let's, yeah, let's that, play that, this clip rabel that does There's a lot of things that I've said over the years which were perceived to be crazy. And then suddenly they start to move mainstream. mainstream, mainstream. I'm waiting for someone to convince me that we don't live in a simulation, 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 simulation. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, taste, and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. What if all you ever knew was a lie? Now, Flavor family, all of David's books are available at davidike.com. Uh, you can get them directly there. Uh, David, I, I wanted to pose the question with this, and then I'm going to let you run with it. I've always had this. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, I'm a spirit that has a body. I'm not a yeah. body that has a spirit. We've, we we in, in, innately kind of know that there is a software inside of this hardware. You kind of feel that if you've done an endurance event, you don't have to be as great as your son. But, you know, if you uh, you get to the edge of what you can do, like my body's done, but you realize like, I'm not my body. I can rise over it and say, no body, you know, we're going to continue on. Like, like, so I, you can cut off my arms and my legs. I'm still me. Like, I'm not, I'm not this. We kind of know that, but very few people talk about it in the way that, that, that you are right now and trying to wrap your arms a- around this topic. Yeah. Um, we come back to, you know, what drives me on. Wisdom is knowing how little we know. So um, in the early uh, 1990s and through the, uh, the first two-thirds of the 1990s, I guess, um, I was looking at how the forces and powers that seemed to be controlling the world, uh, they actually weren't controlling them. There was a force behind them. They were just basically uh, here today, gone tomorrow puppets. Um, and the next question then on this wisdom is knowing how little we know is, okay, who, who are the puppet masters? And it started to take me, um, well, 
not just into a, a non-human force, but it started to take me into a, a reality that was beyond the human frequency band, which is not much of a stretch because the human frequency band is tiny, as we talked about. And there's a, um, a, a dimension uh, uh, that, um, that is talked about in esoteric circles called the astral. You call it the fourth dimension if you call it the three dimension, third dimension. And it's interpenetrating this reality, just like uh, the old analog um, radio and television stations, where they're on different wavelengths. So they're sharing the same space. They're just not interfering with each other. Um, but when you get to radio stations, for instance, that are really close on the dial, there is interference, or there can be. You've got the main station, this world, and then you've got another one that you can hear. It's not as sharp, but you can hear it. It's interfering with it. And mm. that is uh, what, what I call the lower levels of the astral, where the frequency uh, band of that lower level of the astral starts to fuse with this one. And it's at that point, that uh, lower astral, shall we say, um, which is outside of human sight, although you can sense uh, it, it, you can sense it, um, in terms of uh, the ghostly presences and um, you can sense it in terms of the demonic or the satanic. You can, ooh, it's horrible in here. You know, when you go into a place where there's been a lot of um, really bad things going on, yeah. it might be a satanic ritual or something, and you walk in and you can't see it, but right. you feel Ooh, this is a horrible place. What's making you feel it's horrible is um, the energetic state of that uh, um, place, whatever, based on what's happened there. So how does that correlation happen? It happens because, and this is mainstream science, every time we think or feel emotion, we're generating a frequency that relates to that um, thought or emotion. So uh, if you are feeling fear or uh, anxiety or depression or resentment or regret, uh, hatred, all these things, they are low, slow frequencies. And if you're feeling joy and happiness uh, and, uh, and, and love, then they are high frequencies. And the difference uh, of walking in a room where there's low frequencies being generated or where there's high frequencies being generated is, is tangible. You walk in as you yeah. call it. It's, uh, cut the atmosphere with a knife in here. Yeah. And then you go to another room and it's like, Oh, what a lovely, happy feel this place has got. And it's all to do with the, with, with, with the, the frequency based on emotion and, and thought. Now, um, what I've uh, realized over the years is that the, uh, the force that's ultimately manipulating this reality through this global cult is actually a non-human uh, demonic force that operates in the lower levels of the astral. And it feeds off low vibrational human energy. So the more that can be generated through war and suffering and all these different um, things that go on in the world, the more of that energy is going to be generated and they feed off it. You know, when the Morpheus character held up a battery in the matrix and said, yeah. the matrix is a computer generated dream world designed to turn humans into one of these. He was speaking a profound uh, 
truth because uh, that's how it works. I go in, in, in the books in great detail about uh, what, where that information comes from and, and, and how, it, how it all works. So um, this uh, reality is being manipulated from another uh, reality. And I started to, when I started to see this, I thought, well, this has obviously not been going on for five years or 10 years or 20 years. It, if this is happening now, then the ancients must have spoke of it. They must mm -hmm. have. And then you start looking at religions. You start looking at um, cultural, um, uh, the, the cultural arena and the differences around the world. Although I have to say, as I've traveled the world, it's what's the same that has hit me rather than what's different. And they all talk about it. Uh, they all talk about a non-human force manipulating human society from the hidden. So in Christianity, right. they talk about demons. They talk about Satan and the devil. Islam talks about the jinn and shaitan and iblis. The Gnostic belief system talks about the archons. Um, I... Uh, was a great friend uh, for a, a long time before he uh, he died in his 90s of a Zulu shaman called Crater uh, Mutwa, who told me chapter and verse. It, it's on iconic six hour uh, um, interview with him. Wow. Um, of uh, the, 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 the legends and accounts of the Zulu world of it, this non-human actually took a reptilian form. Uh, a non-human force that's that's manipulating human society. You find them everywhere. I've talked to Aborigines in um, Aboriginals in uh, Australia, and they've told me similar uh, stories in their belief system. So that the the, the the common theme of this non-human force manipulating human uh, society is, um, is 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 very very common all over the world, and the fact that they are feeding off low vibrational human energy. So um, then I started to look at uh, the fact that the ancients were performing human sacrifice rituals as a offering to the gods. And this thing about the gods you find all over the world. Again, you have the, the Greek pantheon of gods. You have all the different pantheons of gods around the world in different cultures. You have even the New Age pantheon called the Great White Brotherhood or whatever. And, and there they're, um, they're are these godlike figures which operate in this astral uh, dimension. So then I, as I research more and more of the rich and famous names in the cult mm. uh, today, I started to realize that there was two very common themes with uh with them and one was they were taking part in satanic ritual including mm -hmm. sacrifice ritual and the other one was they uh they were um extremely involved shall we say in pedophilia yeah pedophilia and, and satanism are are connected seriously connected for reasons i explain in the books so then you ask this question okay um they were doing human sacrifices to the gods in the ancient world when it was kind of acceptable and done in the open. And then it became unacceptable, thank goodness. But it, then it went underground. And these people today, I'm mm. talking to people you'll see on, you know, oh. being interviewed on CNN and all that stuff. They are um, 
uh, still doing it today. Abrina Abramovich with with Bill Gates. I mean, he celebrates the relationship yeah. with her as his spiritual advisor. It's very yeah. very open. And what what I um, what I uh, also uh, started to do was meet uh, people who'd taken part in these rituals. Uh, overwhelmingly, not always, but overwhelm. Some had seen the light, but overwhelmingly against their will. And uh, they were um, telling me how today they're still doing Babylonian rituals uh, in the satanic. Uh, Absolutely. Because of what that ritual does in terms of the energetic field where the, um, the sacrifice and the ritual is going on. So, um, what you realize is that all these different gods, they're the same entities. And the anthropologists go along and the historians and they say, oh, uh, he's, uh, uh, these people, they worship these gods and they worship them gods and they worship them gods. And you say, hold on a minute, just, just put the names aside. Look at how they're describing them. And it's the same. They're the same gods. So who are these gods? Obviously, that was my next question. Um, and also, why was sacrificing someone a offering to the gods? What do the bloody gods get out of it? And then, because this is why, if you can suppress knowledge about the nature of reality, then you you are in a phenomenal position of control because what you're doing. The population doesn't understand or doesn't even believe is possible because they don't know how reality works. Um, so, um, what I, I, I kind of realized as the years passed is that um, it's about energy, it's about emotional energy, very, very uh, powerful emotional energy called terror. Hmm. So, what they do with the sacrifice is they um, they build up the ritual to create more and more and more terror in the sacrifice. And what is happening is they start to give off this extreme uh, emotional energy called terror. Now, if you look at emotion, you can see the body language of emotion. Ah, right. and you, if you're sensitive, you can feel the emotion coming off people. Yeah. But you can't see it. Right. Why can't you see the emotional energy? Because it's going in the astral. It's operating outside of the human awareness. It's operating on the astral level because we are multidimensional beings. And therefore, this terror is going into the energetic field dimension where, where these, quote, gods, lunatics, demons, as people call them, are able to absorb it. And then in the this world part of the ritual, the Satanists are um, drinking the blood of the sacrifice because an adrenaline goes into the blood, hence adrenochrome and all this stuff, when... Uh, people reach those levels of, uh, of of terror, and that's the sacrifice to the gods. It's a sacrifice of human terror, human uh, extremely low vibrational um, energy, and these people are still doing it today. 
and and so then I, I I went a bit further and well a lot further really and just after the um, turn of the millennium and I, when I kind of established all this stuff I'm talking about I got this overwhelming feeling one day that this is a simulation this is a equivalent a very advanced equivalent of a virtual reality computer game um, like a virtual reality game you people play with headsets sure. and stuff. And the, the limit of the game at this level, I later realized there's other levels too, um, it's the speed of light. And there was only one guy uh, that I found at the, at the time uh, who was talking about this being a, uh, a, a virtual reality uh, expression of virtual reality. And that was a guy called Nick Bostrom at Oxford University um, who was talking about his theory that this could be a simulation, but he saw it in a different way to me. Um, and then uh, as the years passed, more and more mainstream scientists started talking about the simulation. We have Elon Musk saying uh, that, that this reality is almost certainly a simulation. I say um, he could say that because he bloody knows it. Uh, don't start me on Elon Musk. Um, and uh, then you had other um, people like Rich Terrell at, um, at, at NASA who uh, gave um, uh, some public interviews about the fact that uh, 2017 time uh, that uh, he said this is a virtual reality holographic simulation, which is exactly what I said it was at the turn of the millennium. And um, this... Um, simulation he said by its very nature is not natural so it had to be created by some intelligence mm -hmm. right and other people have said the same um and then in um april of 2021 there was um an article in uh, scientific american by an academic who uh, had concluded that we live in a simulation and the limit of the simulation is the speed of light and nearly fell off my seat and um he related the speed of light to processing speed. He says you can encode your um, simulation as much as you like, but um, you, um, you're still going to be limited by your processing speed. And what I, would, I, I was uh, saying um, when I first came out with this, uh, just after um, the, the millennium, uh, was that what we call the laws of physics are actually the laws encoded into and the limits encoded into the simulation, which is why when people have near-death experiences and they leave the body, they describe very common theme, mm -hmm. a completely different reality that relates to a very different, uh, quote, laws of physics. Yes, because um, what is this matrix and how does it work? Well, the matrix is not a construct. It's not a physical construct. It's an information construct. It's an information field or fields. And if people think of Wi-Fi, they've got it. it just think Wi-Fi. Wi so one of the things that is so blatant to me is this technological world that's unfolding before our eyes is actually a technological uh, mimicking of the reality we're experiencing. So you get a computer and you tune it to the internet, the Wi-Fi field, 
Okay, I have this I laptop. Need- I have this laptop right here. We got Wi-Fi going. You know, yeah. I, I could have whatever I want on this screen. There's invisible yeah. air all around it. It's picking up. I could play a YouTube clip right here of you. Exactly, uh, and you know, if you said to people, "Tell me about the internet," they'd say it's it's uh, videos, it's uh, 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 graphics, it's texts, it's all these different things we see on the screen, and it is, but only on the screen. Only on the screen does the internet exist in that form. Everywhere else, it's a, a Wi-Fi field or electronic circuits. So what it, what a computer is doing, it's taking information from the radiation field, quote, Wi-Fi, and it's putting it on the screen in a completely different decoded form. That's what we're doing. The, the human body, the reason I've been calling the human body since the 1990s a biological computer is because that's what it's doing. And it's um, interesting um, when, when, you, when you look at the correlations between how the body decodes reality and how a computer decodes reality. Because mm. this is mainstream science again. The five senses, that's the point that locks us into the matrix, the simulation. Right. Are picking up wave field information. The, the ears are obvious examples with the, the sound waves, but it's the same with all of them. And... Um, we're picking up the matrix field uh, in all its different forms because it's an interactive field. It's affecting us, but we can affect it. And it turns, the five senses turn the uh, wave field information into electrical information, and they communicate it to the brain. And the brain's got different parts of the brain which specialize in the different senses and decoding the different senses. And then it puts together a sense of reality that we call the external world was not external at all. If you look at a computer, where is the internet? I've got a computer here. Where's the internet? It's not here. It's not here. Right. It's inside the computer. So inside here is the apparently external um, world. And uh, so we are uh, in a body that is designed and encoded to decode the matrix. That's why we have this narrow, narrow band of visible light that we can see. If you want to create a matrix, uh, a fake reality, that is designed to hold you in what? Perceptual servitude, Mm -hmm. thus manipulatable to produce the low vibrational energy on which the uh, the demonic feeds, then you don't want a wide visual um, uh, panorama where you could possibly see into the um, into other dimensions, see into the astral, and then you'd see that the world that we're experiencing is only a tiny part of it. I've met psychic people, visually psychic people around the world, uh, over the years, and uh, they tell me that you know, if you could just tease your uh, visual acuity just a touch further into the field than is the norm, you would see other entities over um, over uh, overriding um, the the human body. Uh, you know, they, they, they again, and they've named the same names, different people in different places. I saw so-and-so, and I saw what was um, overshadowing her or him, famous wow. people. 
and it's a not it's not a human um, a human field, and and so um, the 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 matrix is there, and I go into other levels of it as well, but I, it's there to seize control of our perception so that um, we we produce the the energy the, the, and become the batteries. But this is a, a, a thing I go into in the dream because um, so much came to me when I was writing that. And, and, and not all of it, you know, out of the ether. Um, there's a lot of ta- real tangible stuff in there as well um, to support it. Um, I, I was looking around the um, the different spiritual practices, the different spiritual beliefs, and uh, there's kind of a common theme, and especially not least in the Eastern religions. And they say to become enlightened, you have to go beyond mind. You have to go. Uh, you have to breach beyond mind, the confines of mind. So, of course, my question is: so, what the hell is is mind then? What is this mind that all these people say, going way back into what we call history, are saying you've got to get through before you come enlightened? And what I've concluded in uh, the dream is that what we call mind is AI. But it's not AI, human AI. It's astral AI because it's clearer and clearer to me that this whole uh, multi-leveled matrix is run by AI. It's not people pressing buttons. AI is running the whole bloody show. And what's happening now, which is why all this AI is coming into our reality, it's coming out of this astral reality. And it's flowing in here. It's going in through the underground bases I talked about earlier. And that's where you get this constant flow of more and more and more um, expanded and uh, more and more sophisticated uh, AI technology that's all based on controlling human perception and controlling human behavior. Uh, And it's coming out of the astral because it's always been there. And this cult at the inner core knows all this. That's the point, just doesn't want us uh, to know. So Mm. it's my conclusion that if you are driven in your perceptions and behavior of reality only by this AI mind, then when you come into the world, when you leave is already known. It's a program. And if you only um, are driven by AI mind, then you are the equivalent in a virtual reality game of a non-player character. The game's running you. Mm. It's it, all your um, uh, perceptions are coming from that, and uh, the 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 reason they want to connect um, the brain to um, AI in this reality now more and more and more is to um, impact even more powerfully to keep you in that AI perceptual state. So the reason they say you've got to go beyond mind to become enlightened is because mind is there to stop you becoming enlightened. It's there to control your perceptions of everything. And, and what we call awakening, this, this is why David, when people say they've, they're, they're awakening, 
they start to see things that visually they could see, but now it looks totally different. Now, mm. it's, instead of random events, which the mind is telling them are random and not connected, now they can see the connections. Why? And, and the number of times people have said, said to me, why didn't I see it before? It's so obvious. Right. Well, because now you have expanded your awareness into the true I, consciousness, mind is the fake I, the biological fake I. Um, and now you are accessing levels of awareness that can see the panorama and not just the myopia, thus you can see how the dots connect. And the more you expand your um, your perception, you expand your consciousness into more and more and more uh, greater levels of awareness, insight, knowledge, the more this world, uh, you see this world as it is rather than as you've always seen it. And it's this um, awakening from mind to consciousness that terrorizes this cult and its um, mm. It's demonic masters because the house of cards comes down once people go there and see it. And, you know, you've only got to talk to people who've been through that process. Uh, a lot of them very recently triggered by the COVID thing to, to know how transformative it is in terms of the way you see not only the world, the way you see yourself. Mm. Uh, because what we're manipulated to do it's a massive part of the uh, oppression is to uh, self-identify the i with the labels of a human life i am a man i'm a woman i am this race that race this religion that religion this sexuality this income bracket whatever all the labels of a human life that's me no that's simply a brief experience called human the i is consciousness a state of formless awareness which um when entrapped in the body and there's reasons why that has happened too i go into in the book um when entrapped in the body is squeezed in its perception to the narrow band of frequency that this is decoding when it's gone the, the trick is however and it's totally possible this is what they're terrified of is that even within this this body uh, uh, decoding this this matrix constantly, um, you can become conscious beyond it, and you can see it for what it is. And what it is, this is that the the real uh, reason for the name of the book. It is a dream, but it's an induced dream. Um, years ago, way back now when i was a journalist i used to wake up in the morning and i'd turn the news show on on the radio and, mm -hmm. and sometimes i'd go back to sleep and then um i'd um i'd wake up obviously uh, it seemed like i'd been asleep a while but it wasn't just very short and i'd have a dream while i was sleeping a vivid dream often and when i woke up i realized the dream related to the story on the radio yeah the dream had been induced, and this matrix through this decoding biological computer is um, inducing a dream. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever had this. I think a lot more people are experiencing it now. Um, where you have a dream when you're asleep, but you realize it's a dream. Mm-hmm. You know it's a dream. And what happens then? Instead of you being caught in the dream, ah, you're observing the dream. So the dream has no impact on you because you're observing the dream. You know it's a dream. You're not caught in it. Right. You're not believing in it. And it's the same with 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 this reality. My, my daughter course. will actually go back and she has a bad dream. She'll intentionally go back to sleep and change it. Right. You know, it, that, it, that's a great that's a great that's a great uh, point because we this is the point we can. It's a dream. It can be whatever we choose it to be. But because of control of perception, we dream a dream that we're given to believe in. And so when you um, when you, you 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 are in a body, that body is like a headset of a virtual reality game. It's going to be decoding the matrix. You're going to see and experience an apparently external physical world. So you're in the world in the way that your body is decoding the world. But you don't have to be of the world in the way you are perceiving right. and observing the world. If you're only in what I call AI mind, astral AI mind, you are in the world and you are of it. There's no radar processing system for you to see beyond it. Once you, uh, you do that, it, it becomes obvious. And I would just say this to people. Um, if you um, look at the impact perceptually that a virtual reality game has on people, they put mm-hmm. the headset on, and you can see videos of it all over the internet. They're screaming and they're shouting and they're falling over and they're running away. And all it is is information being delivered through the headset, sometimes through the, the gloves and, and the audio as well. So there's a question. What is a virtual reality game hacking into and overriding? The five senses. Mm. The virtual reality games are accessing human perception via the same five senses that the, um, the matrix accesses human perception. The difference is that a... Um, if you have a, a headset on, you can take it off and you can go, pew, it was just a game. Now, if you have a human body that is the equivalent of a headset in terms of the way it works, then without leaving this world, you can't take it off 24-7. It is decoding the matrix. Um, in fact, if you... If you and, and it's decoding this field of, of information. If you look at the Matrix movies symbolically, they don't go into the the Matrix with their body in the, in that sense. They right. go in with their minds. Right. The back here connect it connects into the Matrix, and they're sitting there outside the Matrix, but they're experiencing the Matrix world. It's a dream. It's an induced dream. So imagine. You're in the womb and you've got a headset on. You come out the womb and your parents have got headsets on. Siblings have got headsets on, if you have any. You go to school, your mates have got headsets on, the teacher's got a headset on. You go to university, the professor's got a headset on. You 
turn the television on and a newsreader with a headset on says, hello, good evening, here is the news. This is what you're supposed to believe. You go out into the world of work. Everyone's got headsets on. You've got headsets on all the way through um, to the end of your uh, human experience. Well, when you see how virtual reality games can completely control someone's perception to the point where they're screaming, I mean, if you can't take the headset off without leaving this world, i.e. the body, right. you're going to believe in, a, in the reality that it's feeding you. You're going to until you become conscious beyond the realms of that AI um, program. And then the more you expand your consciousness out into the great infinity – the more you see and the more detail you see of what a monumental hoax we've been subjected to. (laughs) Oh, okay. I got two complaints. One, uh, I have more questions now than I did when the show started. (laughs) Uh, And I would love, I would love to get locked in an elevator with you for a couple of days and just like uh, ask. I got I got so many things I'd love to go into with you right now. My other complaint is you didn't write this book sooner. I've not I've not yet uh, received uh, my copy. I look forward to to diving into this because I think this is a great exercise, you know, for people to go through and and realize, you know, I, I love that phrase. I'm not wearing a headset. I'm inside of a headset, and and I and I don't think that that contradicts with a lot of people's religious belief as much as they may think on surface, because it wouldn't be a far stretch for my biblical worldview to say, I take my last breath and all of a sudden, you know, the headset comes off. I'm with my creator. And he says, how did you do? You know? And I'd be like, oh my, it seems so real, you know? And how did I, how did I love? How did I behave? How did I handle free will inside of this space? And that is a really, really fascinating way to look at that. When, 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 you, when you when you read the book, um, you'll, you'll you'll see that I go uh, I go into that um, so-called spirit world that people talk about, and uh, it's not what it seems to be. There's I a can't... spirit there's a spirit world level to this matrix that keeps us in the matrix. Beyond that, beyond that, other illusion is infinity and what people in Christianity and other religions will call God. Um, but this, um, there's a, a reason why um, people get trapped. And it's, um, it's because there are other levels of the matrix that people could perceive as heaven. And then they think they have to come back to learn lessons and what have you. But we're going to wipe your mind so you can't remember the lessons you've <laughs> Like that, um, the men, the men in black, you know, kind of idea that that like, boom. yeah. Well, see, you know, these 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 entities, you know, they can come out of the astral, and for a short time, they can manifest here and appear to be, you know, of our world. I think some 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 of the men in black are certainly that, um, and you know, th- th- this is the thing about suppressing the nature of reality. Uh, it. It means that people will think of something as impossible when it's perfectly explainable. I'll just give you, a, before we finish, a, br- a brief uh, example of that. 
we have this narrow band of frequency we call visible light. It's so narrow, it's unbelievable. And you get people, they say, you'll never guess. Um, I saw this UFO and it appeared out of nowhere and then it disappeared into nowhere. Or I saw this entity at the end of my bed and it just kind of appeared out of nowhere and then disappeared into nowhere. And the five senses say, AI minds, five senses say, that's ridiculous, that's impossible, um, what are you on? But it's perfectly explainable. Um, something comes in to the visible light frequency band, and as it enters that band, you can see it, and you see it suddenly. It's it's not appeared out of nowhere. It's always been there, but it's now it's entered your uh, your frequency of sight, and suddenly it seems to appear from nowhere, and then it leaves, and it seems to disappear into nowhere. It's not disappeared at all. It's just gone into a frequency that you can't see, mm. and it's perfectly explainable why why people have these so called paranormal experiences, and and that's the thing. Part of the, the a big part of controlling perception is to control the perception of normal. Normal. Um, what is normal? Normal is only what we normally experience and what we are told is normal. Anything outside of normal, which is, which is perfectly explainable and normal, is called paranormal because it's not explainable by the perception of normal. So it's paranormal. But in fact, it's all perfectly explainable but if you start to understand it then the house of cards of mm. the perceptual prison come tumbling down and that's the last thing they want that's why they see people like me as so dangerous and want to ban me from all these countries and continents um, and continents it's not <laughs> just, it's not just about um uh, explaining what klaus schwab's role in this is They'd rather people not know that, but they can deal with it. This level we're talking about here, um, where you're starting mm. to get to the real core of where this is coming from, uh, that's what they're terrified of people knowing. That's why they banned me, while at the same time calling me mad. <laughs> uh, I wrote down a quote of yours. You were in a, a roundtable discussion, and there was a young lady that was kind of getting in her own way with her both her mind and her mouth. And uh, you, you, you said this quote. You said, don't judge the world based solely on your own experience. And that like stopped me in my tracks. I think that's a good note to end on for listeners. You know, don't judge the world based solely on your own experience. Um, there's probably more to this. And uh, I encourage you to get this book, have an open mind, look into it, have a great discussion, and then maybe walk away saying, you know what? I don't agree, but boy, yeah. I, I, I I see some things that I didn't before. That's what this journey is about. David, I want to tell people as well, you are so kind and generous with your time in the booking process and scheduling and everything. You've been such a, 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 just a humble, kind, nice human to interact with for our, our staff and our team uh, that that's that's reached out to you and every interaction in this process has been a joy. And uh, I want people to know that side of you because sometimes uh, people aren't, aren't who you'd hoped you'd be, who they'd be. And, and you've been fantastic and it's been such a joy to work with you. I'd love to have you back on in the future. Um, any projects you're doing and continue this conversation. 
Yeah, I, I'm on a speaking tour of Britain at the moment. It's the only place I can have a speaking tour at the moment in Britain. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised we're not banned from my own country. They, they have tried. Um, but uh, what I would say is, you know, this, you know, the stuff we've been talking about in the last, um, the last uh, like uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, um, that's the but what I, what I do is I do a presentation of about two hours, 2.15, uh, with lots of pictures and videos and stuff. And then I take questions in the second half. But the first part of that presentation is all about this. Mm. And people, uh, I mean, of course, the audiences are packed out because, you know, there, there is an awakening going on. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, but they, they are, um, that, this is the area they want to go in. Um, they want to go into this area that more and more people are becoming interested in. And I've been quite surprised. I didn't know how it would go down, you know, because you, 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 you're going really challenging people's credulity, really. Sure. Um, but, um, yeah, it's gone down a bomb, and um, it, that's very encouraging for where we can go from here. Well, I, I thank you. Thank you for your time today. And, again, I'd love to have you back in the, in the future. And uh, uh, as long as you're allowed in the United States, man, we would love to have you in. We just built the whole second studio. We'd love to have you in for a, a long sit-down a conversation if you're ever in the area and uh, we'd love to bring you in if that's if that's an option in the future and uh, just as much as what's in your you know in you we would love to squeeze out while possible okay no problem but right, i'm gonna be you. around for a long time i'm not going until this is sorted i believe that thank you so much david man i don't know if you feel like me you, you have more questions you know than answers i would love to go for another hour uh with david ike my mind is already spinning of the things that i would like to ask him i, I thank you for joining us uh on this journey of, of asking good questions having open minds being willing to learn kind of kind of realize we're in this together i don't think someone's going to come and disseminate this information for us we need to kind of lock arms and and use platforms like this to be able to share this information take this take this show today share it with a friend send it as a text message send it directly to somebody and uh say have you heard of these people have you heard uh david ike have you heard this conversation if this is your first time checking us out and you're on a platform like like rumble please give it a like hit a follow stay in communication with us we'd love it to have you join us each and every Saturday for one of these conspiracy conversations. We also have our own app that we're free from uh, censorship at theflyoverapp.com. It's available on Apple devices, Android, anywhere you want. Uh, we've lost six YouTube channels. And so people don't want some of the conversations that we have. They don't want it to get out. And so you can always go to theflyoverapp.com or whatever platform that you're on. If you're on Apple, Spotify, any place like that, please subscribe. Please, please subscribe and be a part of this ongoing conversation in the future. Again, I'd like to redirect your attention as well to Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. I call him that because he has two PhDs. He's earned them. I call him Dr. Doctor, but he's helping people get out of the fake money by understanding what the central banks are doing, what's the World Economic Forum doing. And uh, he's sounding that alarm of saying, hey, we'd rather be you know six months early than six months too late when the CBDCs are in full effect, when the BRICS nations, uh, the 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 de-dollarization of the world that they 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 tell us they're doing it, and so uh, to not act accordingly would be uh, naive and ignorant. So to whatever point that we can, we got to make provisions to build lifeboats for ourselves when they're crushing and, and eliminating the value of the money that we use, precious metals, physical gold and silver. You can get a one ounce coin, you can get ten ounce, a hundred ounce, anything you want. But I do encourage you, whoever you work with, and wherever you go to do this, do something no matter what, but get something that you know you can get back out of that has a physical amount 
that you can use to be able to resell it. Not a story, not a, a, a shipwrecked coin or something. You'd have to sell the collector value of it but actual physical gold and silver right now. Silver is the move because it's seriously devalued and it's a way that you can hedge against a deflating dollar or the currency of the nation that you're in. Again, we're all in this together. It's up to us to be able to make wise choices, to be awake, to be alert, have your head on a swivel and make choices that are going to be able to uh, not just survive this storm, but I actually believe for our children and their children, we can make choices right now that actually set them up for tremendous success when you have something like physical silver that'll move you forward in the future. So you can always go to flyovergold.com. He will give you a free consultation. He has an amazing team. They can walk you through if you have an IRA, if you have you know different kind of investments, what's the best move for you? Do you want to store it personally? Do you want to have it stored somewhere else? They can help you with all of those moves or just give them a phone call anytime, 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 or just go to flyovergold.com. It's just a landing page that gets you into his world. You can put in your information. They will be in touch with you and simply walk you through this. Very low pressure, lots of solutions. You got to have somebody that's on your side. I've known Dr. Kirk for over 25 years. He's an incredible guy. And again, not one, but two PhDs. He, he knows what he's talking about it when it comes to these things. You guys go out and make it a great week. week. Again, please share this episode with somebody that uh, uh, you have respect for their intellect and then have a good conversation about it between the two of you. We'll, we'll check it out again next time. Thanks so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day.